This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, we said there'd be drama on the final day. And boy, we weren't wrong, were we? Murphy on the edge of the area, can Murphy try and shoot here, rolls it in towards Barry, Longstaff's offside, Longstaff will score, and that's going to tie in front. Hawkins tried to play the offside trap with Bill Adams, now he's through for own goal, but he makes it up in, and Forest Green Rams have equalised. That will take them to the top of the table, and Mansfield Town have conceded a poor goal defensively. McLaughlin looking to try and whip it in towards Miller, towards those. it might fall for Barry! Yeah! Yeah! Barry came from the tightest of angles, and fires Mansfield back in front! Forest Green come forward, down that far side, through the middle, Mansfield could concede here, Josh Marsh has scored! Forest Green at back level, Mansfield appealing for offside again, it didn't come, and with 10 to go, it's as you were, Mansfield Town 2, Forest Green Rovers 2. So a 2-2 draw at home to Forest Green Rovers, the best result all round for both teams. Mansfield sneak into the playoffs and Forest Green Rovers lift the league title. It was nervy throughout, especially when Forest Green kept levelling things up, pushing for that final goal. But once Forest Green realised that Exeter had lost at home to Port Vale, they knew they could put their feet up. And an excellent display of sportsmanship from both coaches saw the game fizzle out. Stags seal their place in the playoffs and Forest Green seal the title. Tonight on the final Sunday sermon of the season, we'll reflect on that Forest Green Rovers game yesterday and take a small look, and I mean small look, ahead to the playoffs. If I'm going to be honest, we weren't going to do a Sunday sermon tonight. We were going to leave it until the middle of the week and try and combine the two, but you guys have been fantastic for us throughout the season, so we wanted to give you one final show. So as always, come and get involved in the comments and have your say on your team. This is the show for the fans, by the fans, and for one final time, Football is our religion, One Call Stadium is our church, Nigel Clough, the God we choose to believe in. By name, I am your priest, and this is the final Sunday sermon of the 2021-2022 campaign. Take your seats, it's about to get underway.
Well, there you have it. The season is over, but fortunately, Mansfield Town have got two more games at the very least to try and battle for a place in Skybet League One. Hello and welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Well, because Mansfield always matters. It seems like it's been about four seasons in one, another Mini season still to come, of course, and we'll be right with you with all the drama. As always, get involved tonight and have your say on your team as we reflect on 46 games which have led us to this. A showdown with Northampton Town. God, it's like being back in 2003, 2004 all over again. What would I have been doing in 2003, 2004? Would have been the summer, wouldn't it, of 2004? I would have been in year... Year nine, I think, at school, choosing me options for GCSE. What about, though, my friends on uh, the podcast tonight? What would they have been doing in 2004? Let's find out. Well, I know what this man would have been doing. He'd have been uh, calling the Mansfield penalty takers. Hello, Alan Wilson. How are you? Good evening, Craig. Good evening, everybody. Yes, I can remember it like it was yesterday, Craig. I was telling everybody to get the stuff ready for Cardiff because we're off because uh, Mr Larkin. Thank you very much indeed. Super Colin Larkin and the man who well, I'm sure would have been watching from the Ian Greaves stand, probably the same seat. Clive Parkin, how are you? Uh, good evening, Craig. Hello, everybody. Yes, I'm fine, thank you. Were you watching from the same seat? Were, was it, were you in the same seat uh, than what you were on Saturday all those years ago, back in 2004? No, I think I was stood somewhere. Stood? I used to prefer, used to, prefer to stand. Ah, oh, back in the day, back in the day. Well, it was a long, long time ago. No standing now, uh, of course, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk playoffs later on. And of course, those of you that get in touch tonight with comments about the playoffs, we won't focus specifically on that because we will do a show later in the week where hopefully all five of us will not only be on the same show, but hopefully together as well, if if, if things all work out, fingers crossed. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll be talking more specifically about the playoffs and previewing that later on in the week. Tonight is all about reflecting on yesterday and the uh, a little bit on the uh, 46 games which have passed. And my goodness, Alan Wilson, the Stags put us through some emotions every single season. But I think yesterday we went through emotions everywhere, didn't we? At one point, you know, we were, we were happy. I think we we're up in, into fourth, home advantage. Then Forest Green score. We knew Sutton were winning, so we were desperate not to concede. It looked like Forest Green might score again. Then we score, then we score and we're in front. Then we give it away. Oh, it was, it was difficult to keep up at times. It was. I had two gentlemen doing the blind commentary at the side of me in my box, uh, stood at the side of my box yesterday, and they were saying, oh, from right from third to ninth, everybody at, at that time was winning. I yeah. think it was when we were winning uh, probably 1-0, not 2-1, just 1-0. And, you know, it just one of those games, weren't it? It was two in and throwing. I don't think we played that bad. We could have played a little better. But can I just say, I don't like, it's only my opinion, I don't like James Perch at right back. I no, really don't. No, we'll come on to that a little bit more later on. I thought yeah. Nigel Clough again got it wrong yesterday with his his team selection. We'll come on to, the, to that a little bit more. But I understood why he did what he did. Yeah. Um, Clive, it was a thrilling afternoon. And like Alan said, at one point, everybody from third to eighth um, was winning, which meant it was as it were. But God, those sort of, you know, that sort of 10 minute spell in the second half where it was, the pendulum was swinging every which way possible. God, it put you on edge, didn't it? Was there ever a time where you thought it might not happen? Oh, every minute. We, uh, it's difficult when you've got such a heavy emotional investment in your club to see the game for what it was, which was a very, very good league two uh, performance. Mm. I thought uh, at the end of the day, 
both teams deserve to come out with some success from it. Um, no question about it, FGR were worthy of their uh, success this season. They banked plenty of wins early in the season, which gave them that comfort zone when they needed it. And they're one of the best teams I've seen play. Um, so I'm, I have to say that I'm an emotional wreck at the end of that because it could have gone in one of three ways. It, unlikely if we'd gone one of those three, which was auto-promotion. Yeah. It was possible. More likely it was going to be playoffs, but there was every chance if everything went against us, we wouldn't get anything from it. Yeah, so I mean... I, I, I consider being in seventh position to be successful. Yeah, I mean, I'm slightly disappointed that we, we don't have the home advantage second. I can tell you that Nigel Clough, I think, feels exactly the same way. We'll find out more from him uh, later on in, in the week when we manage to catch up with him again. Ahead and we'll talk uh, ahead of the, the Northampton game later in the week, as I say. But uh, it really did give you every single promotion. But one thing it does say about League Two this year, Alan Wilson, is the fact that it's been so competitive. We, I think we knew deep down and we sort of said, didn't we, before the game, that automatic promotion, in our opinion, was uh, a, a step too far. But very few would have put money on Bristol Rovers going up in third, having not been there all season. And then they get in there with three minutes left to play because they hammer Scunthorpe United and Northampton fall out because they concede courtesy, I think, might be wrong, of Danny Rose, who ended up going in goal because their goalkeeper was sent off. Yeah, I saw that at the end, and it was a great picture, weren't it? If you've seen it on Facebook, oh, where Danny's just, Danny just sat there like that. It was a cracking picture, that. But uh, I will say one thing I think uh, Bristol Rovers, I think, to be fair, deserve their place because they've played some really good football right through up until the last 10, 12 games. And I said to uh, Jeanette quite a while ago, I said, Bristol Rovers will make a late charge. And I was proved right in that because uh, they played really well. But uh, I think we finished, you know, strongly. We did OK, but, you know, we've still got possible two, possible three matches where we can uh, put them to bed. And I think uh, we've got a really good chance. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll wait and see. Let's delve in some comments then uh, about yesterday. Jim's kicked us off. Uh, great point to start off with as well. Uh, love love Clough and Edwards' late deal to leave the score at 2-2 two, two all. Uh, it's very rare in today's game. The the way that worked out, Clive, I believe it was one of the, the Forest Green Rovers bench who had seen the result come through from, from Exeter or seen that they were um, you know, losing at the time with about two minutes of that game left to play. And they knew that they were fine. They knew that they had won the league at that point with a point. And they also knew that a point for us was also good enough to get into the playoffs. So they said to their manager, a draw is good for both teams. Their manager then shouts over to, to Cluffy, are you all right with a point? Yeah, are you all right with a point? Yeah, well, that's have a gentleman's agreement then to knock the ball around. I mean, it probably it's probably it's a loophole in the law, but I think you've got to applaud that from both sets of of coaches because we could have gone for it because we, you know, if we'd have gone for it, we may have well have got the home advantage, but it, it in the standings by getting three points, but it didn't matter because we were in there, and I think that's the, a big big pat on the back for for both coaches, both managers. I'm not so sure. I I applaud. Fiddling with the rules. Um, I think uh, if, if, it depends what happens behind Mansfield. If the team that was chasing us for that seventh position felt that we'd managed it in some way unfairly, I'd have some sympathy with that uh, thought. I know I would if I thought the teams above us had, had managed a situation. That's why Northampton are so aggrieved at the moment. And I have some sympathy for them because... There's no way that a 7-0 scoreline, the way it came at uh, the Memorial Stadium, was a natural outcome. 
And it only happened because of two things. One was that um, Scunthorpe played the the um, laundry staff, and uh, and of course then there's a fan invasion, which gave them another advantage in being to play out, having known what everybody everybody else had done. Now, for credit to them, they scored seven goals, and even more credit to pick up on Alan's point, they've had a cracking second half of the season, and I I think the three teams that have got through on autos deserve it. And if there's any consolation if we don't manage to get out of this league this time is that we can wave goodbye to three M5 journeys next season because Bristol, Forest Green and uh, Exeter are three journeys I can gladly miss for a season or two. But the season's not over, is it? We've got every chance, as Alan says, we've got every chance against Northampton. Um, if I had to pick any of the other three teams in the playoffs, they would have been the team I'd want. What were your views on it, Alan, yesterday? You might have had a, a bit of a, a different view to us uh, down in the, the PA box. Uh, Tim says it's unsporting, but it works. What were your views on it? I mean, for me, I'm not bothered by it at all because there are so many decisions from the officials this year which we could look back on and go, well, we could have got a point there, three points there, and could have finished higher or even in the auto. So swings and roundabouts in this game, you've got to take what comes your way. That was, in a way, that was my point. But uh, just in front of the box, there was a nucleus of fans shouting to the ref, which had, which I had to smile about. You know, why don't you blow up now? Why don't you blow up now? It can't blow up now because there's still four minutes to go. I mean, he would be in deep water if he did that. So I think they were mm-hmm. sort of looking at him, the players that didn't understand what were going off. But once they understood what were going off, they like just dropped back a little bit, didn't they? While Manson were playing the ball about. And like you said, We've lost some matches on, uh, you know, decisions with the officials. I, I, personally, I don't think it hurt. It was, it might have been in the rules a little, but I don't think it was cheating. No, it's definitely not cheating. It's it's maybe a little bit unsportsmanlike, but it's it's yeah. not cheating. At the end of the day, it was for for both. It was a result which was spot on for both for for both sides. So uh, I've got no problem in it whatsoever, and uh, I'm sure the officials uh, hadn't either. But uh, great scenes uh, at the end as well, watching uh, Forest Green uh, celebrate a worthy title, I think, uh, in the end. And nice to see the Stags players come and applaud it as well. I thought that was nice little sportsmanship uh, behaviour as well. Uh, let's move to some more comments, keep them coming in. Uh, Roger says, Bishop made two great saves, but was disappointed when he came rushing out on their sec- on their second goal. Uh, it was a bit of a shame, but Stags got the job done uh, with the playoffs. I thought Bishop had a very good game yesterday, Clive. Um, I'm a little bit um, in disagreement with Roger on the comment about him coming rushing out. I felt that the the Stags um, back four, in in particular the one of the centre halves, we were trying to play the offside trap too often yesterday. And the golden rule is football. In football, he's played to the whistle, and there were two times where we didn't, and two times we got punished. We could have had a clean sheet yesterday. We could have done, and it was two goals that were imminently avoidable. And mm. the first one, I think, he was relating there to the keeper rushing out. He was let down by Hawkins. I mean, Hawkins is still trying to get back now for that ball. Um, and um, I thought that uh, he had... What did he do in that situation? Do you hold back and hope you can save it on the line? Hope one of the defenders comes back in? Hawkins was never going to get back. Um, I don't think he had much of a choice. But his position wasn't good when he did get there. And mm. the same criticism for the second goal. His position wasn't good. And it made uh, an easy option for the lad who had only been on a few seconds. But having said that, it's a good point that he made some saves and he's been made, he doesn't owe us anything at all this season. The lad's uh, a credit to his, his uh, profession. Whether he'll ever be... You know, 
at the top of the heap in the Premier League. I don't know, but he's certainly served as well this year. Yeah, Jamie says you have to admit that it's been a very strong league two this year and we did well to finish in the top seven. Uh, Roy says, uh, Alan, I do think we miss Hewitt at the back. I do prefer Bowery uh, where he played yesterday. He sort of played on the right-hand side a little bit, didn't he, and sort of closed things off. But let's talk about the back four. I know you were mentioned it at the, the very top of the show. So uh, let's, uh, let's have your opinions on that because I was very surprised when I saw the team sheet to see um, the same back four, I would have thought oh, that he would have moved Perch back to centre-half and continued what with a back four, which essentially did keep two clean sheets at home. Yeah, I just think Hewitt is a better proposition there. I've got nothing against Perch. If he puts him centre-half and, you know, Hawkins has to miss out either onto the bench or, you know, elsewhere in the team, possibly up front, whatever, I haven't got a problem with that. But I just think Perch gets... Because we were getting beaten down the, that side regularly yesterday, and he got and one one of these times when he goes in one of these, obviously he's not getting there on time. The tackles is not malicious; he's not a malicious player. But if he gets one of those wrong, you know it could be a potential red card. I know we're all saying that, you know, with Hawkins as well, yeah. he's been booked and whatever. But I just think <clears> we, <throat> we look more balanced with Hewitt there. And like you say, if Perch goes in centre. With John Joe O'Toole and obviously Macker on the left, I think Barry could help on the right like he did yesterday. I thought personally he had a slow start yesterday, but that could be with him sitting on the bench for so long. But he came good and he, he looked good, you know, especially in the second half. He came, he looked more like his old self. Yeah, we won't talk about um, which he should go for against Northampton. We'll talk about that in the league, Clive. So let's just keep it uh, more on, on yesterday. I felt we needed that experience at centre-half a, a little bit yesterday with the way that they knew they had to come at us. They, you know, let's not forget, they won the, the, the league title yesterday on goal difference, on goal difference, which is uh, ridiculous. So they knew they had to come out at us. Now, I just felt that had we had the experience back at centre-half with it being Perch and O'Toole, we may have calmed our nerves a little bit although that being said you know we got the better start didn't we it was a very timid yeah. start a very timid game at times I think the only reason I think that Clough chose Hawkins and therefore dropped Hewitt was because he recognised that in uh, Forest Green Rovers strike force they've got some aerial power and Hawkins is is um, is PS to resistance as he can get up and head balls away Having mm. said that, he looked very lethargic to me yesterday. Now, whether it's because he's a new dad and he's got yeah. night feeds and things, I don't know. But uh, I'd much sooner seen Hewitt in the side. I think the back four that had those two clean sheets should have been kept under any circumstances. Mm. Um, and I think uh, the only place for Hawkins yesterday would have been on the bench, in my opinion. I thought he went, he did the right thing with the, his forward pair, pairing. Um, but Alan made a very good point, is that if you've got Hewitt on the right back there and you put... Um, uh, Bowery in front of him. That's a really good partnership. And, and Bowery can get around the field. You know, he's, he's a really good bloke to have when you're looking for that sort of stretching that he can bring to the game. And of course, we know how good Macca tends to be when he's got uh, Quinn in front of him and vice versa, it's fair to say. Mm. So the whole balance was there. And I just don't understand. I really don't understand why he felt the need to change it. But, you know, he's the gaffer. He has to make those decisions. Yeah, that's certainly what he gets paid for. And at the end of the day, he, he he did his job yesterday, and that was to get us in the playoffs. He said to me after the game, I'm going to hear a little bit of it uh, in a couple of minutes, you know, that the objective this season was to get into the top seven, Alan. And all right, it was in seventh place, but they did it. And it, it's given them it's given them a chance. And I think on, on the whole, yesterday's result, 
let's not you know take anything away from Forest Green. Yes, they'd been on a little bit of poor form since they won um, promotion. Um, I think they'd lost two two on the bounce actually, including a defeat, a humiliating defeat actually, uh, up in Barrow. But you know they were in party mode, they were celebrating, and they were they were a very very tough side. And uh, I felt it was a a good display of um, of where we were because Clough was in a bit of a quandary yesterday at points. Yes, we had the three outcomes. We were never really hand on heart going to go and get automatic promotion and seal that spot. We blew that on Monday. And when I say we blew it, we did blow it on Monday yeah, by being a little great. bit too bit too negative and changing things. Um, so the, the thing we had to do was, was go and play for the playoffs. And when you are playing for the playoffs, you know, you can't massively go gung-ho and chuck every player and getting them giving a thousand percent because you've got two more games to come. So we had to contend with that yesterday. That's right. And I think uh, as regards of Hewitt, you know, what we think or irrespective of what we think or not, we've said quite a lot before on this podcast, you know, in previous weeks, we don't see the team training. I know they're not training full gung-ho. I mean, Nigel said that quite a few, apart from the ones that aren't playing or in the squad. But uh, we don't see what they're like week in, week out, do we? You know, they they might be, it might have took a little niddle. You, You just don't know. But uh, I certainly think they look more balanced in that way. But as regards Forest Green, they are a good side. I mean, fair play to them. And I like the fans bit as well. You know, when they came on the pitch at the end and I was saying, you know, can you go back to where you... Where now, you, you see, I've got issues with this because, yes, they, they ignored you at the start, Alan. I thought you, you pitched it wrong. What you should have <laughs> what you, what you done, you should have done. Do, do the, the, the... Attention, ladies and gentlemen. Attention, ladies and gentlemen. Were my lovers, if you can make your way back to the stand, we'll bring the we'll bring the trophy back in front of the goal for you, my loves. All right. But uh, they did uh, applaud the Stags fans, which I thought was commendable. Yes, uh, very much so. And I, I actually also again, uh, it's testament to the Stags fans this re- this really as well. They didn't leave. They actually stayed no. and watched. They stayed yeah. and watched Forest Green lift the, the the trophy, clapped their players off, clapped our players yeah. off, gave them a standing ovation as they walked off the pitch as well. I thought yesterday, I thought typified two good clubs in terms of um, being humble and being gracious to each other. And and I really, really like that. Although, let's be honest, 473 fans on a day where you can win the title. I'm not slagging anybody off, but come on, that should have been, they should have sold that away and that, shouldn't they? That's No, but they only only get over 2,000, don't they, at home? So, you know, it's like a Probably a quarter of the, you know, a fifth of the full. The, it's their biggest away following of the season, Craig. I mean, they are. Is a, it? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah they wow. are a poultry supported side, considering what level of success they've had all season. But that's because they're a village on a hill, aren't they? I mean, at the end yeah. of the day. And, and they're not in the hotbed of football country down there, are they? I mean, it's, it's <laughs> milking so races and stuff they have down there. But we. Um, it's rugby union country anyway, but we we, we uh-huh. came up against a team that thoroughly deserved their promotion this year, and I think probably thoroughly thoroughly deserved to get the trophy. Mm. Um, and it, it doesn't matter to us who who are the three that's beat us to it. We we are in, we've got a we've got a second chance. We must we must take advantage of that now. Mm. But I thought both sets of fans were good. Um, uh, I thought that um, you know the spirit was there, and I thought the. Uh, the behaviour of the fans was was spot on. An interesting thing is that the chief executive of um, Forest Green Rovers tweeted a very complimentary set of remarks about Lancashire yeah, Town Football Club from top to bottom. Yeah. Now I don't think that was Vince. I think no. this is this is the David Sharp equivalent there. Yeah. Um, so you know that's nice to hear. 
Yeah, by the way, I had a nice little chat with David Sharp before the game uh, yesterday. I managed to get uh, four minutes with him. And in answer to what the question which you're all thinking, digestive. Right, let's move on. Uh, let's delve into some of the, uh, the, the, the questions. I did ask him as well, by the way. He gave a great answer, to be fair. He said digestive because it's sturdy and reliable, and that's what we need to be today. I liked that a lot. I rated Great that a lot. Uh, more comments coming through. Uh, keep them coming in. Have your say on your team. Reminder, we're not going to talk too much about the playoffs uh, tonight <laughs> because we'll have a special preview show later in the week uh, for that. Uh, Pedro says Saturday was a proper nerve shredder at 2-all until the benches decided to play it out. I reckon we're well on for a trip to Wembley. Um, whatever happens, says Roy, uh, Whatever league we're in next season, I wouldn't mind signing their right-back, Kane Wilson. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's a very, very good player. Had the beating of us on a number of occasions uh, yesterday. Um, Mark says, would we have thought this way if it had been done against us? Tricky one. Uh, that, I think, that in terms of... I don't know what sort of... I think the sportsmanship bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think, you know, they needed something out of it. We needed something out of it. I think it's... It's not against us or for us, is it? Well, I, oh, yeah, I see what you mean. If if it was two yeah. other teams against us, swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Uh, Tim says, Barry, man of the match by a country mile. Jamie says, poor goals to give away. Defence needs to be a lot better for Northampton. Uh, Charlie says, me and Clive spoke on a post on Facebook. I think Hawkins uh, was a liability on Saturday. Really hope we go back to Perchino Tool at the back. Uh, Paul says, Oates runs himself, run himself ragged again. He seems to be running on empty again near the end of the game. I know Barry scored, but we seem to have nothing up front. I don't understand the DJ situation. We are desperate for a centre forward at the moment. I think it's a difficult one to sort of pitch, I think, Clive, at the minute. Yesterday, like I said earlier on, we were in a difficult situation. Do we sort of go gung-ho and, and play the diamond like we did and, and keep Oates and Murphy in similar central positions? Or do we try and you know, pack out midfield and stop them playing through. And I thought we did that relatively well yesterday. And that just meant Murphy and Barry being a little bit deeper. And we did create chances. We did. And we we, we scored more than our share of goals from midfield again this season. And I think providing the forwards are pulling the defenders about, which is what Oates does. Uh, and Murphy, I thought, played very well yesterday. Um, the um, And when he's on, that's the same thing with Aikens. He does drag defenders around with him like, like the Pied Piper. And I think if you can create space, then if you've got decent midfielders or opportunist midfielders like uh, Matty, you're going to get goals. And that's all it is, is being in the right place at the right time. Yeah, it was a very opportunist opportunist goal. Um, But it was, like Clive says, Alan, it was right place, right time. And he took it very, very well indeed. He seems to be very good at that, doesn't he? Because, I mean, if he can keep Lapsley out of the team, whether it's him or, you know, another one that does it, whoever, you know, it's, uh, it's worth his place and worth his salt, in my opinion, because he's obviously got some very good pedigree. But he does tend to, uh, I don't know, he, he tends to put the ball back instead mm. of forward. I know sometimes he can't help it because there's no forward running players or, you know, for whatever reason. But he, he tends to move the ball back more than Lapsley does, in my opinion. Right, let's wrap things up, Forest Green wise, before we move on to uh, something a little bit different. As we uh, we look at uh, the shortlist for the Mansfield Matters podcast end of season awards, let's start. Uh, let's start that and finish this little Forest Green chat by hearing from uh, Nigel Clough. Here's a little expert of excerpt, sorry, of me speaking to him uh, post match for Mansfield one hundred three point two. We got what we wanted today because in reality trying to get automatic promotion with all the permutations was a big ass but in the playoffs and we're still within with, in with a chance. That's it, we'd have taken that. I think first of all at the start of the season our aim was to get in the top seven. 
obviously we would have loved automatic, uh, but with a game to go, all we could do was lose it really with the other fixtures, uh, the way they were going. Bristol Rovers were always going to win, uh, so it was all about making sure we got that point. And it was tough, but we got there. And it was tense at times as well. Yeah, well, it bound to be. Uh, you know, they needed a point with Exeter losing to win the league, uh, so it couldn't have worked out any better for both teams. Yeah, it certainly couldn't. And you can sort of see at the end, couldn't you, when it was 2 all, and you knew that Exeter had uh, you know, not been able to, to be champions. You sort of had a little look, didn't you, across to the, the Forest Green bench and said, just let's just see it out. Well, it was, one of, it was really coming from their bench, and one of their lads actually said, you know, we're all OK, and it's one of those where... Uh, there's, no, there's, there's no point then in going for it. We've got a few minutes left. Um, both teams have got what they wanted. Yeah, they certainly did today. Let's talk talk through uh, the game in a little bit more detail. They slagged it off to a great start in the first half, didn't they? And that seemed to settle, settle the nerves down a little. Yeah, I think it was important we uh, scored. You don't fancy uh, keeping a clean sheet against Forest Green because they're too good. They're going to cut you open at some point. They're going to create chances, which they did today. Uh, so I thought we had to score. We got a couple uh, and we needed them to get, to get the point. Yeah, and then in the second half, Jordan Barry puts us 2-1 uh, up. A, a good little move and a good little finish. Brilliant cross from Steve McLaughlin. Uh, and he's in at the far post. Reese Oates went across the near post and uh, he's tapped in at the far post. Um, then we should have hung on to it a little bit better. Uh, you know, you get through five minutes or whatever, get to 85. Uh, but I haven't seen the goal back. I just have to see what, what we did for the second goal that we conceded. Yeah, and then uh, maybe a few question marks over, over the goals, whether we were trying to play offside trap or not. But in the end... We can talk about it, but it actually doesn't matter at all, does it? Because we are where we are. Any decisions that have gone in the last 46 don't matter an inch now. Uh, no, they don't in terms of points. Uh, the officials' decisions do because we're still aggrieved over 46 games. Uh, the decisions that we've had, certainly. Uh, but everything else has gone. We've broken, I think, the, the points tally record. What, 77 is the best in over 20 years. We broke a few records along the way this season. But I think we're going to the playoffs in good heart with some momentum. And you need it to be exactly how it was fan-wise today because the sellout in the home are in incredible. They were, they're still here. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, I think everybody sense, you know, everyone's got the phones, everyone knows the scores, you know, the others are all winning comfortably, I think. Uh, so everybody knew that we, we couldn't rely on anybody else. We had to do it ourselves, uh, which against the now the league winners, uh, was a tough ask the way that the fixtures have fallen. You know, to play them twice in the last six, seven games is, is tough because uh, they are the best team in the league. Uh, but we managed it and for everybody, every supporter, we sold every home seat today. Uh, so for all of them, all the way up to the owners, you know. I think the owners have, have put a fortune in over the years and I'm sure they think sometimes, you know, <laughs> why are we doing this? But I think for days like today, uh, it must seem worthwhile for them. So for them all, and all the way down for everybody in the football club. That's Nigel Clough speaking to me post-match from Mansfield 103.2 uh, with the Forest Green players and uh, supporters celebrating loudly uh, in the background, of course. If you want to watch more of that interview, head to I Follow Stags, where you can also see an interview with uh, Stags midfielder Matty Longstaff, who, of course, scored that opening goal, that all-important opening goal uh, yesterday. Um, Andy in the comments says, really proud of the club and supporters yesterday. I've been a season ticket holder since I was seven in 1976, and this is by far the best at best atmosphere in match day and all around the club at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Right, that's all we're going to be talking about now in terms of football. We'll have more uh, later on in the week when we uh, do our... Um, uh, playoff preview show as we look ahead to two big fixtures against Northampton Town. But first, it's time to talk awards. The uh, Film and Television Awards are taking place on the telly right now. 
But we've got awards, which are far, far better than that. And that, for me, is the Mansfield Matters Podcast End of Season Awards. Now, you'll have seen over the last couple of weeks, we've been doing a bit of a long list. We've got a number of categories. We've taken your votes and we've put together now a short list. So it's time for us to add our own suggestions to that and then reveal what that short list is. Then we'll put them online. And then uh, from tomorrow, right up until uh, the end of the season, whenever that may be, whether that's uh, playoff heartache or playoff joy or whatever, uh, that's when we will reveal. So once all the football has stopped, that's when we reveal the winners in a very special end of season uh, review show style podcast. So there are a number of awards. This is how it's going to work. I'm going to read out who the shortlisted um, nominations are for each category. And then myself, Alan and Clive are going to add our own suggestions. Nathan and Cam, who aren't, can't be here uh, tonight with us. Um, Cam is on solo parenting, du- parenting duty, so uh, I'm sure he's pulling his hair out already tonight. Um, and of course, it's uh, Nathan's first anniversary of being a dad. It's Oliver's first birthday. So from us all here at the Mansfield Matters podcast, happy yes. birthday, happy birthday Oliver. Oliver. Happy birthday, Oliver. Stephen Edge, because Nathan should have called you after Stephen <laughs> Quinn and Stephen McLaughlin after they both scored <laughs> on his birthday last year. Right, they've sent in their suggestions. Let's run through them. We start with the uh, the one everybody does, and that is player of the season. I can tell you that the shortlisted suggestions after taking in consideration from Nathan and Cam as well, are Stephen McLaughlin, Stephen Quinn and Reese Oates. Now, because I like to be objective on this podcast and mix things up, we, as a three, Alan and Clive, cannot choose any of those players who have uh, already been suggested, and we cannot pick a player who we suggest either, okay? So at the end... Bloody hell, let me have first choice then. At the end, there will be... (laughs) Six uh, to six nominees, uh, pretty much in each category. Um, Alan, you are the newest member of uh, the podcast crew, so you on this one get to go first with your suggestion. Clive, by the way, for every single one, I will take the last vote, so it'll alternate between you and Alan to pick to make it a little bit fair. So, uh, Alan, your player of the season vote it cannot be McLaughlin, it cannot be Quinn, and it cannot be Oates. Well, if I can't have Macca, I will go Hewitt. Okay, Clive, what's your vote? Well, I would have gone Hewitt as well, so I'll have to go Perch. Okay, and my one will be uh, JJ, Dunjo Tool. So there you go, the six nominees Stephen McLaughlin, Stephen Quinn, Reese Stokes, <laughs> Elliot Hewitt, James Perch, and Dunjo O'Toole. Now, the next one is signing of the season. I'll give you a bit of heads up as well. Perhaps don't choose a loanee because we do have a category for that. We've got loanee of the season as well. Uh, nominees so far taking into consideration Nathan and Cam's votes as well are Reese Oates, John Joe Tool, and Ryan Sturk. Clive, you get to go first on this one. This is terrible. I was going to go O'Toole. <laughs> he can't. Well, I would have had Oates. Can't have that can't, one either. Can't have that one either. Or Sturk. Hawkins. Okay, uh, Alan. I did an awkward one there. <laughs> uh, uh, go for naughty. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go Georgie Lapsley. I know he hasn't played a lot, but I'll go Georgie Lapsley. He's not signing in the season. He, can't. he signed he can't. last year. Oh he right, you oh. can't go for Lapsley. Oh dear. Got to be somebody <laughs> that time this year. Well, what choice <laughs> have I got then? <laughs> sure, that's for you to work Who's out, that? isn't it? That's for Who's you to that? work out, isn't it? That's for you to work out. 
I mean, you can go for a loanee if you want. They can win more than one award. It does happen. No, but like you said, loanees. I mean, the only one I could think it is a loanee because somebody already said Stoke, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll I'll go Bish. Okay. Who am I going to go for? That's a that's a big one. I know. Um, I'm going to go for technically, and I can get away with this because he did sign in this. He did sign this season. After his loan spell had expired and joined us on a permanent transfer, Stephen Quinn. Because of oh. course he was on loan last season, wasn't he, from Burton Albion, and joined in the summer on a permanent deal. So I will go with Stephen Quinn. Good shout. Uh, Loney of the season, aka what is currently the Nathan Bishop Award, because that's what Cam and Nathan also uh, went for. Um, if you'd like to get, because the the options are short on this one, if you want to throw your votes for Nathan Bishop, we can do and crown a winner now. Uh, Alan, you're first. Well, uh, <laughs> I would have said Bish, but theoretically, mind you, know he signed a contract, didn't he, O'Toole? Yeah, he, he wasn't on loan either. He wasn't on, yeah, he wasn't yeah, on he loan, good. so I'm going to have to go Bish. Okay, Clive, are you going to go Bish as well? Well, I've got Bishop and Naughty in the frame, so... <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go Naughty. Oh, my God. <laughs> And I am going to put on the awards that it's, your, it's Clive's choice. So, uh, yeah, I would. Oh, wow. Just to be uh, objective, I'm going to put Longstaff in there um, just so there's more people to vote for. Um, goal of the season. Now, this one's uh, an interesting one because obviously there are lots of goals and people can never remember who, their event, uh, who they are, uh, who's scored what. The contenders so far, we need to add uh, one each uh, to this. We can't vote for any that have uh, been made, so we're going to have to get our thinking caps on. Uh, Reese Oates against Colchester, the one where he picks the ball up on the edge of his own box, drives down the other end of the pitch and then absolutely bops it in from the edge of the box. Uh, George Lapsley's first goal against Doncaster um, and then uh, Murphy against Crawley are the contenders so far. Um, Clive, I'll come to you first. Uh, Lapsley's second at Doncaster. Uh, Alan? Yeah, you just took mine as well, Clive. Thank you very much. You're welcome, uh, Alan. You're welcome. I'll uh, I'll I'll say Quinns. I, I didn't think it was, but you've got to say something. I'll say Quinns against Scunny. He arrowed it into the bottom yeah. corner. Uh, trying to think of ones which I've enjoyed commentating on. Do you know? Do you know what? I'm going to go. Was it Hartlepool? Marish scored three to make it three two when we were two 0 down. It might have from a been, corner yeah. gets gets it short from a yeah. corner, doesn't he? Gets it back and then whips it in the top corner. Yeah, I think it's that one. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'll go Mar Maris. Yeah, I'll go Maris. It was between mine was between Maris um, against Hartlepool, or actually no, no, I'm going to change my vote. I'm changing it because I've just thought of another one. Hartlepool away. The, I think it's the not the second goal, the first goal, the opening goal. Perch scores ahead for the second. I think it might have been Lapsley. That scored the opening goal. I think it probably was. So we had some really good footwork yeah, and Aikens turned it around the corner. I'm going to go Lapsley at uh, Hartley pulled away, actually. So there you go. Oh, Can I just say, by the way, we're overlooking Charles' pair from the bench. Yeah, that, well, you that. could have voted for him. I mean, you I've only just thought it. about it. It's too do late. Do you want to change? Nope. It's not too nope. late. No, 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 no. I can let you change if you want. My, my X is on the coupon. It's stopping there. Okay, well, fair enough. Your next category is game of the season. Now, I've got to be clear on the rules on this one. This is a game where if you had a DVD or, you know, a cloud download now, 
in the future, just before you were about to pass over to the other side, you were allowed to watch one game in full from this season. What game would that be? The contenders so far, Doncaster away in the FA Cup, Extra at home, Oldham away, and Hartlepool at home. I will. Do you want me to go first? So no, I'll go day? first. Go on I'll then, go, Alan. I'll go Sunderland away. Sunderland away. Uh, Clive. It was a battling performance. It was a battling performance at, at Sunderland. Yeah. I was going to go for Doncaster. Obviously, it's, a, yeah. it's, it's one you can't ignore. Um, yeah. I think I'll go for. Uh, the Mark Hughes um, debut match at Valley Parade when we beat them away. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think, we've had some really good performances uh, this year. I'm trying to think of real ding-dong games. I mean, Hartlepool at home was probably one which I'd have uh, maybe gone for because of all the the drama and everything. Do you know what? I I don't really, I don't want to pick a defeat because it's, uh, it's difficult. I mean, it's between two for me and I'll let you, I'll let you two judge between... Actually, no, they're both defeats, actually, so it doesn't doesn't matter. Tranmere another away. Good, another good one, Craig, was Swindon at home. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Swindon at home was a, a good one. Um, Just in case, you, you know, he didn't want to choose a defeat. I might go with that one. I mean, I'll, I'll let you you guys have the casting vote Swindon, on this. Swindon were very good on that day. Yeah, yeah. they were. Um, my, the two I was thinking of, I was thinking about in terms of drama and about what yeah. happened in each game. Tranmere away, I thought would have been up there because we, we equalised in the 90th minute and then obviously mind you then it got spoiled in it Alan by that moron yeah. in front of us um, enjoy League 2 next year we go up um, and then the other one I was thinking about was was Middlesbrough at home because I thought we gave it a real go and uh, yeah. you know what I'm, I'm going for that one I'm going for Middlesbrough at home I know it was the FA Cup but I'm going with uh, yeah, good choice Middlesbrough good at home that one. Uh, um, I wish I'd thought of that well, there you go. I mean, I did give you pre-warning. You, you had, you've had 10 minutes before we started the show to have a little look. It's not my I fault you did. I've written all mine down and everybody's already taken them. <laughs> uh, the Unsung Hero Award, a.k.a. the Marrick Steck Award. Um, Steck has already got votes from both Nathan and Cam. The other person on the sheet is Hewitt. Um, we have to pick uh, one, one apiece for this one. Um, Clive, I'll let you go first. I imagine you were going to go, Hewitt. I was going to go you, but it's not Now, my turn. just 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 to uh, throw a spanner in the works for you, unsung hero does not necessarily have to be a player. Ah, uh, well, it's okay. I've, I've, got a, I've got a valid alternative, and it's a collective. It's the ticket office staff. Yeah, that's fine. They've had, they've had to work their socks off this year with really poor uh, equipment, um, and and without the the luxury of having staff to do it, and in the process of people being offered COVID and hospitalisation, all the things that could go wrong have gone wrong. I think they've been marvellous. Now, before you give me your answer, Alan, I just want a one-word answer to this question. Is your nomination a human being? It's or a collective, collective of it's a human collective beings? Human beings, yeah. Uh, yeah, as you go then. On your own. Dags fans, absolute quality. All season. Cop out. It's not a cop right. out. It's all Clive. That's I'll give my you the opinion. I'll give you the best answer of the lot. The Unsung Hero Award for the support at home games and for being an absolute legend goes to a four-legged nomination, Bobby the Dog. <laughs> Been at every home game, really nice dog, really well behaved. 
Bobby the dog. So there's your nominations uh, for that. Okay, next one is a moment of the season. Now, let me clarify this as well. You can nominate a goal as a moment, but it sort of defies the point of having goal of the season. A moment of the season is one where you look back on, either from a personal level or from a, 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 a collective of um, it being a, a season-defining moment or a moment that you really enjoyed and things like that. So it's a moment of the season which you've you sort of walked away from, look back on and think, do you know what, that was? That really fills me with pride. It fills me with positive emotions. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. The nom nominations so far are, and again, we can't choose these. <laughs> the first game back, obviously post-COVID. Yeah. The away support at Doncaster. Yeah. Reese Oates' goal at Colchester. Lapsley's yeah. second goal at Doncaster. Yeah. And as uh, um, and the winner at Oldham away. The last the last few seconds at Oldham away. Yeah. They're the nominations yeah. so far. Um, obviously, we need to add some uh, to that. Clive, I'll let you go first on this one. I've got two. Um, okay. We'll one yeah. is the uh, fish and chips at Colchester. Yeah. They were excellent. Um, uh, but I'll see, my serious one is the groundsman at uh, Scunthorpe and the way he dealt with the collapsed goal net support and uh, the good spirit he took it, the ribbing from the Mansfield fans in. Yes. He, he, he basked in it. Uh, full credit to him. <laughs> he certainly did. So we've got Scully's groundsman in there. Um, Alan, what about you, moment of the season? Is it going to be, and I think it should be, it, it, I mean, if it's not, I'm going to vote for it. It should be has been exchanged, surely. <laughs> no, that one, that one wasn't in my mind. I've got so much Clive. I've got two, and I think I know which one just shades it. The perch fitness coming back from that horrific injury, and actually seeing him run out on that, you know, where he did like five minutes as a sub. Mm. And the other one was the uh, was it eleven or twelve home wins on the bounce. Mm. It was twelve, wasn't yeah, it? For Football inside, I will pick the home wins. Not so you're going against James. I'm just very pleased that he's okay and is, uh, you know, playing again. But I'll go for the continuous home wins. Well, that makes it easy for me because that means I will nominate James Purchase oh, for, right. uh, for okay. coming back in there. Because um, I think that was a, a tremendous moment. We yeah. re did really, really miss him. And yeah. from a mentality side of thing, you know, he's a Mansfield lad, born and bred in the area. Yeah. Obviously got a lot of family and friends in the area. Really influential player for us. And him coming back in, I think, definitely did help us towards the back end of the season. It was brilliant to see that first header that he went up for. Yeah, it got the biggest it away, roar. And it got the biggest roar like we just yeah. won the league. So I think, yeah. I'm glad um, you picked that then. Yeah, so I'll go with that one. Um, final one, uh, the final awards, unless you guys can think of any others, uh, is the best away experience. So this can be, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be the results. Um, it can be... Uh, a ground that you enjoyed visiting, an experience that you had on the day, that sort of thing um, as well. So the two nominations are both FA Cup games, uh, Doncaster and Sunderland so far. Alan, you're first on this one. The best away experience for you? Well, it'll be, it'll be a strange one. You'll all wonder why. But uh, I like Warsaw away for the simple reason we couldn't... Apparently, when you normally go to Warsaw, they've got a hotel just over the road, and that's where you can go for a drink. 
Well, apparently they were keeping the COVID people there that came from holidays, you know, like a hotel. That's they had right, to yeah. Stay there. So we were like stuck outside for probably an hour. And the banter, I'm not kidding, Craig, at my sides were splitting, my ribs were aching. The banter between the Stags fans was unbelievable. I know the result went, went against us. And, you know, when they were singing, we want our tiger back <laughs> in the crowd, it was just, you know, it was one of those days, even though we lost, it was a really memorable and enjoyable day on the SSA coach. Clive. Yeah, I was going to go for uh, the very rare occasion we go to a 48,000 seat stadium and dominate. Um, so that, but that everybody else has bagged that one. Uh, again, Doncaster for similar reasons. Um, I'd also got in mind the last-minute winner at Boundary Park, as capping a, a really good uh, afternoon away. But I'm going to go for Hartlepool away, because I think, think Hartlepool is a genuine club. They're a friendly club, and they have a clubhouse, or a, it's a pub on the corner called the Corner Flag. And it's a bit like a, a traditional working men's club. It reminded they, me a lot of Phoenix Knights when I yeah, saw it. And they yeah. do welcome away fans genuinely. And in fact, we went in there, a lot of Stags fans, a lot of Hartlepool fans. We all got on famously. Uh, there was a meat raffle. It was great. <laughs> there you go. Now and the beer was, beer was cheap as well. Well, there you go. Now, this is obviously a difficult one for me because I've almost yeah. had two seasons myself. I've had the... the Parts at the start from you know the start of the season till early up early November time, where I was a fan and going and having the fan experiences to then um, you know going as press to all the games and that obviously alters it for me a, a little bit. Now obviously this is a fans based podcast, so I'm going to judge my nomination purely on that and being in the away end. And I can think of as much as it pains me to say it because we've we've got them coming up. I can actually think of no better than Northampton. We were. Shocking! Uh, we were shocking on the day, but um, you know, I spent the day with with Alan on that day. We had a, a laugh on the bus. We did. Um, it was uh, a really good uh, day out. We went and had a coffee in the KFC over the road. Then we went and stood outside in, in the in in their bar, which was very nice. They had music playing. They had a DJ on. It was a really good experience, and I felt that was something that I would want to emulate at the Stags in terms of that experience. So I'm going to go with Northampton as my uh, my nominee. I'll tell you what, yeah. I've forgotten one, I can't use this, but there was one, the highlight of my away trips this year on the SSA was being invited by Alan Wilson to hold his balls for him. <laughs> and not for the first time I've heard. Well, it, it, was, it was bingo master and his balls were bouncing everywhere, so. <laughs> I only lost one, and then we, we, the, the gentleman who was sat at the front with the crutches managed to get it back for me. It was nine oh blind ninety. And there is a remember what ball it was. There is a category I think we're remiss in not putting on this list, and that's most improved player of the season. Do you know what I was? You've taken the words out of my mouth when I put this together. I did want to to sort of collaborate a little bit, so I was going to ask if there are any other categories which um, you know which you'd like to suggest. So, uh, Clive, you suggested improved player. Hewitt. Okay. Uh, and your nomination is going to be for uh, Hewitt. And I, there's only going to be three nominations for this because it's me, Clive and Alan. Alan, you're going to go uh, next. Your nomination for it, most improved player. It's obviously got to be at Mansfield now. Obviously. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I would have said James Clark. Yes. You know, he's uh, gone to Solihull Moors. Very good yeah. player. But I'll go Jordan, Jordan Barry. 
Yeah, Jordan Bowery. Probably taken mine off me, to be fair, there. Uh, Sorry. Mason, no, 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 no absolutely fine. Most improved player? Do you know what? I'm going oh, I'm going to go Sturk, actually. Yeah. I'm going to go Sturk. And I'll tell you for why, because I, rem- I remember when we first started doing this podcast at the start of the season, we were saying, great young talent, but he's a bit part, he's only good to be a bit part player and yeah. uh, come off the, the bench for, for 10, 15 minutes or so. And actually, towards the, the, the core of our run, he was absolutely tremendous in there. So I'm going to yeah. go uh, for, for Ryan Sturk. Now, Clive has nominated uh, a category, Alan, so I'm going to offer you the chance to, to do that. If you'd like to add a, a category in there, you can, and you can nominate the first person uh, as well. It can be any category you like. It, be, can, it doesn't have to be footballing reasons. It can be left field. It can be anything you want. Absolutely anything other than podcaster of the year because we do have a vote for that. And Alan, you're probably going to win it. Uh, He's got his own fans group. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you got a big family. <laughs> Keeps refreshing the internet. Uh, it, it's a very strange one. The only one I can think of would be the... I mean, I haven't been on that many because I, obviously I've been ill and I can't afford to go on all of them, but probably the SSA away trip. Okay. Yeah, we can, uh, we can go I mean, we've that. got West Hill Stags, we've got Ollerton, we've got Shirebrook, we've got Plesley, we've got them all. But I've only actually ever been on the SSA, so I can only comment on no, the SSA. And, and of course, there are friends on this podcast who've supported us in, in numerous are. ways, and we give them a shout every week. So yeah, uh, SSA away trip then. Uh, best SSA away trip. Uh, Alan, your nomination? It's got to be Warsaw again for me. Uh, Clive, what about you? Carlisle. Uh, I'm going to go for Exeter. Um, I thought we... Uh, nice chippy there. We didn't go there. We had a walk into town centre and found a McDonald's and Clive Walker tried to right. stop going. Um, but we had a, a good laugh on the way down. We did bingo on the way there. We did a quiz as well. And, uh, and we, we, did a life, uh, we did a live pod from outside the ground because we did. The, the announcement that O'Toole was yeah. joining us on loan. Yeah, yeah on, the, on a short-term that. contract. Yeah, not on loan, but yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, I remember it well. It was very, very good indeed. I don't have any categories to, to add, uh, to be honest. Because um, the only one I, I, I would do is favourite common your your guys favourite commentary but that's too far self too much far self indulgent for me it's not uh, uh, it's not for me so uh, we're not going to do that I think we've got enough categories there uh, to be going on with really really uh, uh, enjoyed it as, as well so let's run through the categories and the nominees for this year's Mansfield Matters end of season podcast awards player of the season your nominees Stephen McLaughlin Stephen Quinn Reese Oates, Elliot Hewitt, James Perch, and John Joe O'Toole. Signing of the season. Reese Oates, John Joe O'Toole, Ryan Sturk, Ollie Hawkins, Nathan Bishop, and Stephen Quinn. Loney of the season. Nathan Bishop, Matty Longstaff, and Richard Narty. <laughs> Haircut of the year. Behave. Uh, goal of the season. Reese Oates against Colchester United. George Lapsley, the first goal against Doncaster. George Lapsley, the second goal against Doncaster. Jamie Murphy against Crawley. Stephen Quinn against Scunthorpe. And George Lapsley against Hartlepool away. Game of the season. Doncaster away, FA Cup. Exeter City at home, Oldham away, 
Hartlepool at home, Sunderland away in the FA Cup, Bradford away and Middlesbrough at home in the FA Cup. The Unsung Hero of the Season Award. Marek Steck, Elliot Hewitt, the Ticket Office staff, the returning Stags fans who never stop believing and Bobby the Dog. Moment of the Season. The first game back. The away support at Doncaster Rovers. Reese Oates' marvellous goal against Colchester. George Lapsley's second goal at Doncaster. The 90th minute winner at Oldham away. The Scunthorpe groundsman fixing the net. 12 home wins on the spin, smashing a club record. And James Perch coming back and winning his first header like we'd won the league. The best away experience. Doncaster Rovers, Sunderland, Warsaw, Hartlepool United, Northampton Town. The most improved player of the season. Elliot Hewitt, Jordan Bowery and Ryan Sturk. And finally, the SSA away trip. Warsaw, Carlisle and Exeter. We'll put the uh, shortlisted categories on our website for you to vote on in the coming days. You'll have right up until the end of the season, once that final full-time whistle is blown, whether that be in the playoff semi-finals or not, to get your votes in. And then we'll reveal the winners at the end of the season uh, awards show. All that's left for me to say is that we, of course, will be back on... Uh, Probably Wednesday, we'll let you know on our social media pages for our preview to the uh, Northampton first leg in the playoffs. It's been a real, real fantastic season for us. I think it's we can't really go without talking about this. And it was, you know, um, it's voted for in the moments of the season. And that is the fact that this season was the first year back, the first full season back after the pandemic where fans were allowed back in. And now at the start of the campaign... There was a few people that were umming and ahhing about going. And do you know what? There may well be a small percentage that are still like that now. But hand on heart, Clive, hasn't it been genuinely wonderful to have fans back this season, to rebuild those friendships and to enjoy this fantastic roller coaster ride of emotion with the fans back inside? Because it's they who undoubtedly have made the difference. Absolutely. The whole thing this year has been a positive uh, contribution towards collective mental health. Yeah, I don't think there's anything more on top of that you can say, Alan, really. You know, it's like Clive says, it's been a big impact on, on people's mental health, getting back through the turnstiles, and it's just been fantastic to, to see it unfold. And of course, it's not yet over. I must say, I was very lucky while the uh, COVID was on to obviously keep announcing, but it's been fantastic to have the crowd back. You know, it's they've there. been 10 out of 10 all season. Yeah, it certainly has. And it's been great to carry on doing this podcast for you as well. I'm going to have to admit, after the pandemic sort of ended last year and obviously Nathan and Cam both became parents, um, we decided we, we thought we might not do this anymore. We thought we might sort of stop it there and just go back to watching games and things like that. But uh, both Clive and Alan came on board as uh, full-time podcasters this year after both having uh, substitute appearances at the start and have done a sterling job for us now and are now a uh, well-recognised pair of faces and voices on the podcast. I've been really fortunate this year as well to, you know, be in and around the dressing room a little bit more by doing commentary, uh, by a little bit of fortune. Really enjoyed um, that experience. And I really think that that has helped 
the podcast as well by having the highlights on and by, by having those interviews on. Can't wait to see how the season unfolds. But every single week, the listening figures, the interactions, the comments, the views have gone up, up and up. Obviously, a little bit of that is the fact that we've been doing well and that we're on the request of a wave. But I think it says a lot about what we've been doing as a podcast as well. Five series now of Mansfield Matters podcast. This one is nowhere near over, but we'll certainly continue uh, to do it. So from me to you all watching, listening, whatever, thank you for supporting the podcast this season. And let's hope as you continue to do so, we go out on a high. There's only one way to end tonight. And that is, of course, by having a little look back at the final game of the season. A heart-wrenching and a heart-stopping two-all draw at home to Forest Green Rovers where I gave in to Cam's demands to come and do co-commentary. There was literally nobody else available, but don't tell him that. He did a good job. Uh, Charlie says, great job, lads. Keep it up. We certainly will. Thanks for everyone to watching, for listening. Don't forget to vote in the Mansfield Matters End of Season Awards. The link will be on our social media in the coming days. From me, Craig Priest, from Alan Wilson, from Clive Parkin, from Cam Felton and from Nathan Edge. Thanks for watching. We'll see you again later in the week on the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. matters. 45 games have been and gone. Only one remains where Mansfield Town need to seal their fate at the end of this roller coaster campaign. Win or draw, they'll at least be in the playoffs, lose, and it's time to start looking over our shoulder. A win or a draw could also seal automatic promotion with a dramatic twist of events elsewhere. We'll worry about that later on. First, we focus on what's in front of us here this afternoon at One Call Stadium. That a Forest Green Rovers side who need to win to seal the league title. So it is very much all to play for here at the home of the Stags. Nigel Clough makes two changes to the side which drew 2-2 at Salford City on Bank Holiday Monday. Out go George Lapsley and Lucas Aikins. In comes Stephen Quinn and Jordan Bowery. Murphy on the edge of the area. Can Murphy try and shoot here? Rolls it in towards Bowery. Longstaff's offside. Longstaff will score. And that's still tower in front. Mansfield Town 1, Forest Green Rovers 0, and it's Matty Lockstaff, the man one loan from Premier League, Newcastle United, with all their riches, makes it rich for Mansfield Town, he stayed on side, and Mansfield after 16 minutes are in front. It's probably a bit of fortune there, the fact that Longstaff stayed on side, it did take a deflection on its way through, but Longstaff stayed composed, yes his first shot was straight to the keeper, but on the rebound, he taps it home, Mansfield won Forest Green nil, and it's a fantastic start for Mansfield. Hawkins tried to play the offside track with Bill Adams now, he's through for own goal, but she makes it down big, and Forest Green Rovers have equalised! That will take them to the top of the table, and Mansfield Town have conceded a poor goal defensively, and Ollie Hawkins has got to take a lot of the blame, what all it is! They've tried to play the offside trap and it's not worked. And this is our worst fears now. We've got to stay awake to this. We've either got to get the next goal or at least see it out. Because this gets really dangerous now. If Mansfield concede another goal, then we will drop out of the playoffs. We're looking, looking to try and whip it in towards the middle, towards those. It might fall for Barrow! Yeah! 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 came from the tightest of angles and fires Mansfield back in front and gives him that all-important breathing space that they need. 78 minutes on the clock and cometh 
Jordan Barry to alleviate the pressure. Stags two, Forest Green Rovers one. Brilliant from Mansfield. It's a fantastic ball from Stephen McLaughlin there. Reeks Oates is driving in the middle and can't quite get to it. He's got down injured. He seems to be all right now. But there's Jordan Barry at the far post to turn it home. Forest Green come forward down that far side through the middle. Mansfield could concede here. Josh Marsh has scored. Forest Green at back level. Mansfield appealing for offside again. It didn't come. And with 10 to go, it's Ashley Ware. Mansfield Town 2. Forest Green Rovers 2. Josh Marsh off the bench two minutes ago and makes it 2 all. And Stags again, the masters of their own undoing. 30 to go. The Stags fans screaming for the whistle to be blown. The Forest Green Rovers fans screaming for it too. This is a magical day in Sky Bet League 2. Forest Green happy. They'll go up as champions. The Stags will be in the playoffs. They'll probably take on Northampton at home first. Here is Hewitt. Now Rizos. 20 seconds to go. Hewitt has the ball. Now O'Toole on the edge of the Mansfield area. There's the whistle from the referee. And the Mansfield players celebrate because they extend their season. They're in the Skybet League 2 playoffs. It's a point for obviously both sides. We're still waiting on this extra result. So Forest Green have got a very nervy wait. Yeah, they played the 90 there. They're into out of time. They are a goal down at home to Port Vale though. And They've there you it. go, this full-time Forest Green Rovers players celebrate winning the league title in front of their fans. The Stags fans and players stand and applaud as well. A great day all round and a result which both sets of fans and both sets of players and coaches would have wanted. So there you have it, there's the twists and turns of the final day and oh my god there were twists and turns weren't they? One minute the Stags had the home advantage, the next minute they were looking over their shoulder, one minute Forest Green were second, the next minute they were top, then they were second again, then they were top again, absolutely crazy and then in the end as you heard there, just knocking the ball around for fun, running that clock down. So the Stags then, their season continues, they're in the playoffs at home first against Northampton Town, a team they last faced in the playoffs in 2003-2004. Stay tuned for some special content coming your way this week on the Mansfield Matters podcast feeds as we look ahead to that big playoff game on Saturday night. Don't forget our uh, regular show. We'll be back in the week as we preview that game as well, as well as uh, get all the inside track from inside the Stags camp too. My thanks to Cam Felton, who obviously wasn't with us uh, on the Sunday sermon tonight, but for stepping in at the very last minute to do all the commentary with us on Mansfield 103.2 yesterday. Don't tell him, but he did an all right job, to be fair. Obviously trained him well. As always, my thanks to the rest of the podcast panel, to Clive, to Alan, and to another man not with us uh, tonight, obviously uh, on parent duty. It is his son's birthday, uh, so... uh, Nathan Edge, uh, well done uh, for completing a full year as a parent and happy birthday to Oliver as well. Although we will never let you forget, Nathan, that you should have named him Oliver Stephen after Stephen Quinn and Stephen McLaughlin scoring on the final day of the season uh, last year. We'll let you off this time round, though. We'll let you off. I'm sure we'll see Nathan and Cam as well as Clive and Alan in the week as we look ahead to that Northampton game. All that's left for me to say is... Two more games at the very least for the Stags. Let's sit back and enjoy the ride. And to you guys for supporting us all throughout this season, all I need to say is thank you. Two more games to go. Strap yourselves in. The roller coaster continues.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.